evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week in interview on this, the 3rd of November, 2021. 3rd of November is uh, Independence Day for Dominica. When we were growing up, it was celebrated as, um, how do they call it? Whatever day that Columbus landed on the island in 1493, that was celebrated as National Day. And then we, we, we shook off the chains of colonialism and became an independent country in 1978 uh, on the 3rd of November. So happy Independence Day to everybody, Dominicans and friends of Dominica. Today is 43 years since we've been independent. And we'll explore that term independent as we go along. So if you're listening to me on tdnradio.net, or watching our live stream on tdntv.net or on Facebook Live, TDN Radio Facebook page, This Week in Interview Facebook page. In Dominica, you can use seeing us on Channel 59, uh, our RVR Jams on DigiPlay Channel 59. Welcome tonight. Tonight, we, we're having a discussion with Loftus Durand from the organization Civic Vibes. Everybody in Dominica know Loftus Durand because he has, in the last couple of years, given so much of his time and his life to Dominica, so everybody knows who he is. Tonight is episode 40 of the 11th season of This Week in Interview, and I'm very excited. There's so much happening in Dominica. There's a by-election coming out in the south, in the cultural capital of Dominica, South City, Grand Bay. We will talk some about that. We will talk about the independence celebration that's happening. So thank you for joining me, my regular listeners. I always appreciate your time uh, that you make to spend with me on a Wednesday night. And if tonight is the first time that you're listening to this weekend interview, welcome. I, I would like you to also become a regular listener. Tonight, instead of doing the regular CARICOM anthem, and recognition of Dominica's um, independence, we will be doing the first verse of the Dominican National Anthem. So let's go to that, and when we come back, I'm being joined on the line from Dominica by Mr. Loftus Durand, and we should, you should be in for a treat, because Loftus has his ear to the ground, his feet on the ground, and, and he's going to bring us all of that local intelligence um, that, that, that he is so familiar with. Let's listen to the um, not the Caracom anthem, the national anthem of Dominica. I do all so sweet. Ooh. 
Got cut short. I was enjoyed. I have not heard the, the Dominican anthem in a little while. So, welcome, listeners. Welcome back. In case you joined us before we start, um, today is the 45th, 43rd Independence Anniversary of Dominica. On 1978, till of November, the Honorable Patrick John, who just laid to rest um, a few weeks ago. Uh, ushered in a new era in Dominica um, by taking us out of colonial rule and into independence. So it's 43 years since we've been independent. As I told you, I have a special guest tonight, uh, Mr. Mr. Loftus Duran. He has been on with us before. Loftus is joining me from Dominica. And so Loftus, uh, I, I, along with you and all the listeners, I, I want to wish you a happy Independence Day. I hesitate to say independence, but let's call it what it is. Independence Day because it's up to us to strive to maintain our independence. So happy Independence Day to you and to all the listeners. Well, um, Loftus, it's a pleasure to have you on. Can you, are you, Loftus, is your mic muted? I think your mic is muted. Okay, um, Mr. Drago, are you hearing me? I'm hearing you loud and clear. I'm hearing the, the background noise, but that's fine because that's what Dominica is, it's nature. You're hearing the crickets and the frogs and everything in the background. But that's that's okay. Yes, yes. Thank you. Well, I'm in the I'm in the heights. So for tonight you will have some of our of our local um what I call it night creatures. Ambient song, I call that. Yeah, right. the ambience. Yeah. But yes, let me say a special good evening to you, Mr. Drago. A special good evening to Dominicans in particular, those of you in Dominican, out of Dominica. Let me say a special good evening to everyone who is in the region or even further afield, looking or listening to uh, this special discussion that we'll be having tonight, right here. So again, thank you. Always a pleasure to have you, Loftus. I'm going to give you a few minutes to just, um, I don't know, just wish Dominicans a happy independence, whatever message that you may have. Um, let's, just, let's just do that. Well, yes, on behalf of um, my family and myself, I want to wish all Dominicans, those in Dominica, as I said, and also those who are living outside of Dominica for whatever reason, a happy 43rd year of Dominica celebrating its independence from our colonizers, that is Great Britain. For, for, for some persons, uh, that greeting that I, I, I just mentioned there, it comes with mixed feelings, but for the, for the greater good, for the majority of persons, it's a time of... Um, it's a time where persons reflect, and also it's a time where most persons feel a sense of pride, a sense of belonging to a country called Dominica, being part and parcel of this little gem in the Caribbean. We call it the nature island, where persons are really fun to be part of a country like that. So we're celebrating 43 years now today, the 3rd of November, 
as you said in your opening remarks, Mr. Drago, it was on the 3rd of November, 1978, that the Honorable Patrick Roland John, the first Prime Minister of the Commonwealth of Dominica, ushered us into what we have been celebrating for the past 43 years. So again, I just want to wish all Dominicans uh, a blessed independence season. Certainly. And Loftus, I introduced you as being from Civic Vibes. And um, I know we, TDN collaborates with Secret Civic Vibes and Echo 78 and some other organizations to do some um, community work, um, Pastor Jack and all, and all of us, Julie Roberts and so on. But I, I want you to just take a few moments and talk about Civic Vibes, talk about Loftus Durant for those of those, because we have, we have listeners who are not from Dominica. And we have, even from Dominica, we have some listeners who were born outside of Dominica um, who joined us after the last time you've been here. So just take a few moments, introduce yourself, introduce Civic Vibes um, to the audience. Well, Loftus Dura, in terms of an introduction, a brief introduction, Loftus Dura is my name for those of you listening of you and don't know. I'm from the lovely village in Dominica, Kinfield. I'm a Jura by surname, so that means basically my, my lineage came from the Pidid Sufria area that is in the east of this country. Um, I have three children, a beautiful wife, and also, yes, you introduced me as the host of a program in Dominica called Civic Vibes. Civic Vibes is a program, a two-hour program that is aired every Sunday on Q95. That is a radio station in Dominica. That is aired every Sunday at 4 o'clock. So those of you who want to tune in to Civic Vibes, that is my program. That program, basically, we, we bring to the fore all the, all the things in Dominica that we, we once knew as a country that is slowly but surely slipping away, especially where um, civic values are concerned, especially where it pertains to what really and truly it is to be a citizen of any country, but in our, in our context in Dominica on, on civic vibes, what it is to be a Dominican. Uh, we, we try to re-inject as it were all the norms, all the customs, all the traditions that we grew up on as young people, those things that did us well, those things that, you know, we were proud of as a people. But like every other thing with the passage of time, if certain things are not reinstilled or reinculcated, as it were, then, you know, some people tend to lose out on the, the the basics the fundamentals of why we are dominicans and th that program civic vibes is part and parcel the reason why it was birthed to basically give everybody an opportunity to once again be proud to be dominicans obviously we we tap into some of the local or contemporary issues of the day that are affecting us in dominica either positive or negative so that too adds a bit of flavor, as it were, to the program. But but in a nutshell, the, the, the core reason why this program came about is as a result of 
we in Dominica seen where Dominica is. We are seeing that certain things that you know we once knew as a people. Then some of these tenants they are they are slowly but surely um, sliding away or being evaporated as it were. So Civic Vibes is a program I am host of. I have a very able-bodied co-host as well in the name of Paula Celestin, a very vibrant, patriotic young lady. She too adds a level of enthusiasm and dynamism to the whole Civic Vibes movement in Dominica. Thank you for that, Loftusson, and thank you for the work that you do. Um, I, When I think of you and your work, I remember um maybe two years before the last election or a little bit more than that when the official opposition party and and the folks on the political spec opposition spectrum were a little bit floundering for traction i remember seeing you always having a stream always bringing something live and keep basically keeping it warm until the um the opposition party could find their feet and i always thank you for that uh, because because somebody has to carry the mantle um similar to what mr linton did before he became the leader of the united workers party i remember he was one of the people voices that was challenging the government even in the time of of Ms. charles in terms of different things that were going on in terms of um, the, the Citizens by Investment program and so on. For a long time, Lennox was that voice, and then you seem to have picked up that mantle. So I want to tell you thank you for that. I was listening to the CARICOM anthem, Loftus, and or the, the national anthem of Dominica. And I remember, as a child growing up, we would play the national anthem. And we could identify with every line on the iPad anthem you could listen to it and see yourself embodied in that line people strong and healthy um all you know everyone must prosper all of those little, little things um do the right before we fear strive for honor so many lines in there dominica gem beyond compare no when like tonight i'm listening to the anthem and so many times i find myself wanted to shake my head and say that is no longer Dominica. So you as a person on the ground, and, and from what you said, Civic Vibes, uh, you know, was birthed out of uh, the need to really address some of some of the things in society that's affecting civil, the civic life of people. So, so what, I'm ask, what I would ask you to do is to maybe highlight one or two or three of the top challenges you see that space in Dominica for the three years after independence as it as it, as the country and the people strive to, to to move forward. Well what are some of what are what are some of the top say the top three um areas of concern that we have to work on. All right well Mr Drago to to begin with let me start with the where I left off basically and tell you straight off and the listeners straight off that one of the very challenging situation that we face in Dominica as a people is the whole idea of not knowing ourselves as a people. 
I remember the days in growing up, there were certain things that it was part and parcel of my growing up. Today, when we look at especially the younger generation, the young people, some of these things that I grew up on as a young man, for example, and I'm talking about the basics, the basic etiquette, basic things, the, the fundamentals as they were. For example, you always hear when we were growing up in Dominica, it takes a village to raise a child. A child in those days could not pass on an adult and not say hello to that adult, could not say a good morning, good afternoon, good evening to that adult. No matter even if you knew that adult or you did not know that adult. In Dominica today, that for sure is slowly but surely sliding out the door. You will see young people today they basically pass on adults and not greet them. They, they, they are not even aware sometimes that persons who are older than them are in their presence. And at least the common courtesy of a hi, hello, good afternoon, good evening. That presence, that awareness is not even there. And so it's on that premise I want to start, whereby that basic thing as greeting people, as young persons greeting the older people, or even greeting our contemporaries, that I can tell you is sliding out the door, as I said. And, and if, if, for example, something like that, we lose it, then it's it going to be very, very difficult for the generation just younger than me to chatter a way forward in their future. It's going to be very, very difficult. Another situation that we face in Dominica today, again, I, I would want to think it, it, it lends itself or, or it ties in with what I said before about the basic etiquettes that we are losing as a people is the basic disregard for, for life. And when I say life, I mean, especially young people today, the adults are part and parcel of it, but you must see that behavior being um, portrayed among the young people in our society. Young people these days, they don't know how to solve issues. If there's a conflict between two young people or three young people or a gang of young people, I can 90% be assured tonight by telling you that conflict, whatever it is that is causing that tension between young people, it will result in some kind of violent reaction, violent behavior. And so that is the second area that I see in Dominica, where we as Dominicans, we are losing it. Some may even say we have lost it already, but I want to still give us the benefit of the doubt by saying that we are losing it. And it is, it is, it is programs like Civic Vibes, civil society organizations, 
the church, the adults in our society, um, government to a certain extent in, in terms of the policies. Um, you know, different different people coming together to to make that work to to get us back to those days. For example, we had a very very brutal murder last week of a gentleman in Dominica, a very esteemed businessman in Dominica named Mr. Norman Rule. I I maybe know you maybe know him, Mr. Drago. That came to us in Dominica as a shock. I mean to say there there are or there were many murders already committed in Dominica. But these murders, for example, and I'm not I am not justifying any murder here. But for example, these murders you you would have, for example, a cause and effect. But with Mr. Norman Rule that was brutally murdered last week. A man, a gentleman, an elderly man, 86 years of age. If you know Mr. Norman Roll, Mr. Drago, you'd know that Mr. Norman Roll, based on his his behavior, based on how he conducts himself, this man may not even have what it takes to kill a fly. And I am saying the way this gentleman was brutally murdered, that lends itself to why I'm saying we are we are losing it in Dominica as a citizenry. And so we need to get back to the to the basics of learning to solve issues, learning to resolve issues by not resorting to this kind of um, barbaric behaviors. Adding to that, we, we woke up in Dominica this morning to another very gruesome crime. Even I am saying, based on the photos that I saw that are circulating on social media, this morning's or last, last evening's murder was even more gruesome than Mr. Norman Rowe. And so we have to step back and ask ourselves a question in Dominica. Where have we gone wrong? How can we stem that tide? What can we do as a people to go back, as I said, to, to, to loving thy neighbor? You started for a national anthem. There's a line that says, all for each and each for all. By, by we, well, by some Dominicans exhibiting that kind of violent behavior at times, that line in our, in, in our national anthem, it certainly cannot be true in that all for each and each for all now. So one, as I said before, we have to go back to the basics in terms of just the way we, we carry out ourselves with, with, with each other. Secondly, that kind of violent outbursts, especially that is exhibited among young people. And, and, and thirdly, it's our whole, we are celebrating independence 43 years, yes. But I'm speaking for myself here. When I look at Dominica, 43 years and counting, deep down, consciously, I really cannot say that we are truly independent as a people. And that to me, it, 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 it robs me of something. In that is true, we may, we may eat the food, drink the drinks, wear the clothes, wear the national wear, dance to the music. 
But when you get down on the ground, as it were, to the details of what should make us independent, what should make us independent as a people, then there's much lacking in that department as well. So these wow. are the three points that I want to zero in on to start. And, and those are very three, those are three very salient points. Listeners, if you joined us a little bit after we, we started, my guest tonight is Mr. Loftus Durant. Uh, Loftus is the host of Civic Vibes. Um, I think that is the list of the hats that he's wearing because Loftus is an activist. He's an advocate for, for the making of our community. And certainly he does a lot of charitable work. And so uh, we, can, we can call him a philanthropist. He's an organizer. He's a leader. And so I, I, I thought that the best person I could have to spend the evening with us on this, our 43rd anniversary of independence was somebody like, like Loftus, who is young. He's young, but he's mature enough, and he can, he can, he's really right there in the thick of the soup, and he can bring it to us. It is 8.32. I'm going to take a quick break uh, for a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, Loftus, we're going to drill down a little bit and see... You know, going forward, how how what is it that we can do to to address some of those some of those issues that you identified? Presented by. Hi, have you always wanted to learn how to paint but felt that you didn't have the talent to try? Well, pick up that paintbrush and join me, Nicole Georges Bennett, for Art and the Word on TDNTV.net. Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Join me for an exploration through art appreciation and biblical inspiration on Art and the Word, tdntv.net. Wednesdays at 10.30 with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Let's paint. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy home away from home. All right, so we're back. Welcome back, listeners, and thank you for our sponsors by DominicaOnline.com, where you can get your authentic uh, Dominica products, and of course, Beacon Dental uh, Group in Dorchester, Massachusetts. The discussion that we're having tonight um, recognizes 
the 43rd anniversary of Dominica's independence. And my guest tonight is Mr. Loftus Durant. Loftus um, highlighted a few areas where we were doing better before. And instead of improving and keeping it progressing, we seem to be regressing. I, I, I try to coin some of the words of respect, especially for our older folks and for folks in authority, courtesy to each other. Um, social skills as to how we can resolve conflicts without necessarily resorting to violence. Uh, you know, and, 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 and just a whole general looking for each other and being, being happy to see our brother progress, our sister progress, because that means we're all progressing at the same time. Loftus, especially you, you mentioned young people and, and, the, and the lack of ability of no, or knowledge uh, or skills in terms of um, conflict, conflict resolution. It's too quick to boil over into violence. What, where do you think, what is, is that, that, that should, that, that I'm sure is a, is a, is an effect. What would you identify in our society that we lost, that brought us to that state? And how, how maybe we can, what can we do to, to, to try to bring our way back to that? Okay, that's a, that's a good question, Mr. Drago. In terms of my take on what can we do as a people, first and foremost, let me start with the home. The home is one of the key, com key cogs, as it were, that, that makes up the community slash a nation. The home to me is the cradle of development. And parents in a home, male, female, mother, father, grandparents, uncles, you know. That is where to me, I believe if a child or children have a very firm foundation as to the things or the ills that we're talking about tonight, that is one of the areas that can really help in stemming the tide. Because the good book says, a child leave or a child learn what they leave. Bring up a child in such a way that when they grow old, they will not depart from it. And, and that statement is very true. It is factual. What we have been seeing is a slowly but surely deterioration of the family unit as it were. So, so the parents of these children, they don't have the, the time, they don't make the time to really deal with the children on a one-to-one -one and, and try to impart to them that kind of basic, the fundamentals of living well or, 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 or exactly how should you live with your, first of all, your immediate family members and by extension your community which will in turn in life you know branch out into living into a nation and so i think that is where we can start parents 
and let, let me just track back. The situation is sometimes even these parents themselves, they, they themselves need that kind of learnings. They need that kind of teaching. They need that kind of guidance. So a, a person really cannot give what they don't have. So if the parents of some children are not up there in terms of the information that need to be passed on to the children, then right there we have a problem even before we start to talk about parents doing whatever to their children. And that is why, that's what I was listening to you because it seems like we can go into our vicious cycle because if these parents don't have the skills to participate with the kids, the kids are going to have even less than their parents when they become parents and that's going to be worse. So as a society, um, it has to do with leadership. It has to do with leadership. And, and, and I know that, that you have been voicing um, a lot of concern about the quality of leadership that Dominica has, um, has to endure in the last few years. And, and we, we see a government in power that seems to be hell-bent on remaining in power indefinitely. We see the government co-opting the police because when we talk about conflict resolution by violence, that is what the state does. Whenever somebody, there is a protest or a demonstration as peaceful as it is, we see the powers of the state coming on aggressively and, 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 and exercising violence. And so our young people look at that. I, I have a clip that I want to play about leadership. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I want us to talk about leadership and the and the impact of that because I because I know that is that is a, that is a, 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 an issue that you've um, you 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 you've emphasized over the last few years. I have a clip of of the Prime Minister of Barbados giving an address to United Nations, not United well UN sponsored climate talks, um, that's currently taking place. I want to put that as an example of somebody leading from the front because Dominica's government was not even present at that conference. Even though they give lip service to Dominica being the most resilient, wonderful climate resilient country, blah, 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 blah. Even though after Maria, we went to the UN and accused them of all kinds of stuff that, that, is, that we are feeling the effects of, Dominica did not go to that conference to make a presentation. I, 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 want to, I want to play that tip, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about leadership and, um, and, and how, how we can affect leadership and therefore start to turn the tide in that way. Your Royal Highness, Excellencies, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, the pandemic has taught us that national solutions to global problems do not work. We come to Glasgow with global ambition to save our people and to save our planet. But we now find three gaps. On mitigation, climate pledges or NDCs. Without more, we will leave the world on a pathway to 2.7 degrees. And with more, we are still likely to get to two degrees. These commitments made by some are based on technologies yet to be developed, and this is at best reckless 
and at worst dangerous. On finance, we are $20 billion short of the $100 billion. And this commitment, even then, might only be met in 2023. On adaptation, adaptation finance remains only at 25%. Not the 50-50 split that was promised, nor needed, given the warming that is already taking place on this earth. Climate finance to frontline small island developing states declined by 25% in 2019. Failure to provide the critical finance and that of loss and damage is measured, my friends, in lives and livelihoods in our communities. This is immoral and it is unjust. If Glasgow is to deliver on the promises of Paris, it must close these three gaps. So I ask to you, what must we say to our people living on the front line in the Caribbean, in Africa, in Latin America, in the Pacific, when both ambition and regrettably some of the needed faces at Glasgow are not present. What excuse should we give for the failure? In the words of that Caribbean icon, Eddie Grant, will they mourn us on the front line? When will we, as world leaders across the world, address the pressing issues that are truly causing our people angst and worry, whether it is climate or whether it is vaccines. Simply put, when will leaders lead? Our people are watching and our people are taking note. And are we really going to leave Scotland without the resolve and the ambition that is sorely needed to save lives and to save our planet? How many more voices and how many more pictures of people must we see on these screens without being able to move? Or are we so blinded and hardened that we can no longer appreciate the cries of humanity? I have been saying to Barbadians for many years that many hands make light work. Today, we need the correct mix of voices, ambition, and action. Do some leaders in this world believe that they can survive and thrive on their own? Have they not learned from the pandemic? Can there be peace and prosperity if one third of the world literally prospers and the other two thirds of the world live under siege and face calamitous threats to our well-being? What the world needs now, my friends, is that which is within the ambit of less than 200 persons who are willing and prepared to lead. Leaders must not fail those who elect them to lead. And I say to you, there is a sword that can cut down this Gordian knot, and it has been wielded before. The central banks of the wealthiest countries engaged in $25 trillion of quantitative easing in the last 13 years. 25 trillion of that, 9 trillion was in the last 18 months to fight the pandemic. Had we used that 25 trillion to purchase bonds, to finance the energy transition, or the transition of how we eat, or how we move ourselves in transport, we would now today be reaching that 1.5 degrees limit 
that is so vital to us. I say to you today in Glasgow that an annual increase in the SDRs of $500 billion a year for 20 years put in a trust to finance the transition is the real gap, Secretary General, that we need to close, not the $50 billion being proposed for adaptation. And if $500 billion sounds big to you, guess what? It is just 2% of the $25 trillion. This is the sword we need to wield. Our excitement one hour into this event is far less than it was six months ago leading up to this event. Can we, with those voices and these speeches from Sir David and others, find it within ourselves to get the resolve to bring Glasgow back on track? Or do we leave today believing that it was a failure before it starts? Our world, my friends, stands at a fork in the road, one no less significant than when the United Nations was formed in 1945. But then, the majority of our countries here did not exist. We exist now. The difference is we want to exist 100 years from now. And if our existence is to mean anything, then we must act in the interests of all of our people who are depending on us. And if we don't, we will allow the path of greed and selfishness to sow the seeds of our common destruction. The leaders of today, not 2030, not 2050, must make this choice. It is in our hands. And our people and our planet need it more than ever. We can work with who is ready to go because the train is ready to leave. And those who are not yet ready, we need to continue to ring circle and to remind them that their people, not our people, but their citizens, need them to get on board as soon as possible. Code red, code red to the G7 countries. Code red, code red to the G20. Earth to cop, that's what it said. Earth to cop. For those who have eyes to see, for those who have ears to listen, and for those who have a heart to feel, 1.5 is what we need to survive. Two degrees, yes, SG, is a death sentence for the people of Antigua and Barbuda, for the people of the Maldives, for the people of Dominica and Fiji, for the people of Kenya and Mozambique, and yes, for the people of Samoa and Barbados. We do not want that dreaded death sentence. And we've come here today to say, try harder, try harder. Because our people, the climate army, the world, the planet, needs our actions now, not next year, not in the next decade. Thank you. All right. So, Loftus, the reason why I played that is because, you know, leadership we talk about, that I believe everything rises and falls on leadership. And to me, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, Dominica was on track to have a leader who could step on the world stage as boldly as that and to give that kind of speech. 
Dominica was not even represented at that conference in 2021. Just a few years after Hurricane Maria, that the prime minister and the government put squarely at the feet of climate change. So, yes, we we need the change in the in the household because the nucleus of our of our community. But if 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 the parents don't have the skills, then our leadership has to take up the slack. I I I, I want to give you an opportunity to, to to talk about that a little bit. Talk about talk about the leadership that Dominica needs, leadership that the Caribbean needs to be able to make a better life for the people of Dominica for the people of the Caribbean. Yeah, um, just to, I will get to that question, I'll get to your point, but just mm -hmm. to kind of track back and, and go back to kind of honing on my point that I was making before, mm -hmm. separate mm -hmm. and apart from leadership in the home where the children can be, you know, told exactly how to lead. You have added to that, you have also the school system, the education system. Certainly. The education system as well, it, it should not be a thing about just the academics or the ac academias. They're supposed to be the, the, the social skills aspect to our education system that can lend itself to helping in the discussion we're having tonight as well. To hurry on, we also have a lot of civil or civic organizations in Dominica. These organizations to me, including of the church, which supposed to be the conscience of the nation, they too should add their voice. It's imperative that they add their voice to making of Dominicans, that kind of people that will stem the tide where the discussion we are having tonight. Also to government, whatever we have for government in Dominica, in terms of their policies, their frameworks, their, their output, as it were, they are, they are thinking mm -hmm. they too can play a critical role in, 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 in molding minds, in bringing about, you know, that kind of framework so that the citizenry can look upon um, whatever they're doing and, and, and try to be guided in that direction so that the Dominica nation can benefit as a result of that. Now, I want to thank Mia Motley for making that very courageous, inspiring, motivating statement at COP26. That is fine enough. What, Mr. Drago, we have been lacking in the region when it comes to leadership is people, I am saying, leaders like Mia Motley. Um, Mia Motley, whenever she speaks, I listen. She's a woman that is well informed. She reads a lot, and she, when she, when she gives out, her output is is always worth listening to. But but alas, I must say that in the Caribbean, let us leave it in the Caribbean for now. I I I see a kind of trend that is not good for our region in that. Each Caribbean leader, be it from Jamaica to Belize, I get the sense, I may be wrong, I get the sense that these leaders are concerned primarily about their little sport, their little cuckoo, as it were, and the, the, the greater good 
the, the, the unism, the, the connection within the Caribbean region, to me, it, 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 it is very low on the agenda. So I agree with Mia Motley that much more can be done as it relates to the big nations out there, you know, trying to stem the tide in terms of climate change. But when it comes to our affairs in the region, I am not seeing that kind of a cohesiveness among the leaders that what affects, as Martin Luther King once said, what affects one directly has the potential to affect another one indirectly. So, for example, what happens in Dominica as it pertains to governance, good governance? Um, if, if it is not checked, if it is not, you know, put in check by some of the other leaders in the region, that these leaders in the region can come across and say, let me use Roosevelt's carrot because he that is there today. Mr. Roosevelt's carrot, you know what you're doing? It is not in line with the oneness of the region because that will affect the others. And so that is where I would really want some of our leaders in the region to step up to the plate as it were. But to tell you the plain truth, Mia Motley has a good talk. And if I had my way, Mr. Drago, just like the United States have one president at a time, these little segregated plots of island of seawater and Santa structure said, I would, I would, I would let them come together or, or have them been one as the United States of the Caribbean and Mia Motley to me would be right up there in terms of leading these nations as a united Caribbean. Certainly. I like, I like your answer, um, Loftus, because as I said, leadership is everything and it should not just be that you go on grandstand on the international stage and then you send RSS troops to Dominica to, 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 to exert violence on people who are protesting for their rights to a free vote. And so as we come to a close, as we come to a close, you, you brought it at the feet of the Caribbean people. But we say that the leadership is a reflection of the people. So, so it's the Caribbean people that have to, you and I, and everybody else, that have to really stand up and look at ourselves. We come back to Dominica <clears throat> as, as they celebrate 43 years of independence. And we see everybody exuding national pride. And I've been asking the question in the last three or four of my, of my episodes. When you say that you are proud to be a Dominican, what exactly are you proud of? Are you proud of what God gave us in terms of mountains and rivers and so on? Are you still proud of what we've been able to do with those gifts? Are you proud of how well we've preserved and managed those gifts of Dominica? Are we proud of the condition that it is in that we're going to pass it on, in which we're going to pass it on to our children? And so, I'm going to give you a few minutes to make some closing remarks. Again, full, coming full circle in, in the perspective of celebrating 43 years as a small nation, in, in the perspective of the, of the condition of life and living in Dominica. Um, what are your thoughts? My closing thoughts would be, um, as you said, I want to piggyback on your point. The, the, the God-given resources that we have in Dominica I am very proud to be part and parcel of that, hands down. 
where I am not proud as a Dominican is what we as Dominicans have allowed for this gem, this rock, to have become. And I say we could be do we 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 could have done much better in terms of demanding certain things of our leaders that gone before and those who are there now in terms of the betterment of this little rock called Dominica. As I said before, the, when you look at the details of what goes on into Dominica on a daily basis, we are parading ourselves as a, as a democratic country, a liberated people, that is all well and fine. But on the ground, that is where the tire meets the road. That is where it matters. Imagine in this 20th century, we in Dominica don't have at our disposal a Freedom of Information Act, whereby persons like you, Mr. Drago, in the media can go freely to get information as it pertains to the type of governance that we have in Dominica. We don't have in Dominica, as we speak, we are talking about young people. We don't have a juvenile center as we speak. So that when and if our young persons get themselves involved in, you know, some nefarious acts, we don't have a, a, a place before that hardcore penitent penitentiary at Stock Farm to put them there and, and, and have some kind of rehabilitation going on. We in Dominica, our healthcare, we have a nice hospital in terms of the architect of the building. But we have to be flying out people ever so often to get basic surgeries done. So healthcare, it used to be right up there before we don't have a proper healthcare system in Dominica. And the list can go on and on and on. But I know you are pressed for time. And so I just want to condense it by telling you, Mr. Drago, and the listening public, that what is really going on in Dominica, and I'm speaking for myself now, and I know I'm speaking for a number of persons in Dominica who don't have that opportunity to speak. We are proud Dominicans, yes, but as to where we are from a, 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 a democratic place, we are not there. There's much to be desired. And so the owners, as you said, and I will agree, it comes back to we the people. What have we done? What have we not done? And what can we do to step up to the plate as a people now to ensure that our voice matter? And is what we want as a people, how we want our country to be governed. That is what should prevail at the end of the day and not one any not one party or any one man or any one woman no so finally brother it is it is the people and that is why civic vibes and other um, organizations are there in dominica and i think we, we we need to go back to the drawing board as it were go back to the fundamentals and see how and where we can do what we can do as a people to ensure that our country Dominica stays on that track of peace and prosperity for all. I have one more thing I want to ask you about, Loftus. Sure. Um, I'm aware that there's a by-election coming up in Grand Bay. Although Grand Bay is one of the bigger villages in Dominica. It's been a bedrock of support for the government. It's a Labour Party stronghold. 
to the extent that I think most people, including the Labour Party, think that it doesn't matter who the candidate is, it's a sure win. We've seen lately that the government went ahead and is planning to nominate someone who is not from Grand Bay as their, as, their, as their candidate. And then we see a young man, um, Julius Gabriel, step up and said that that is nonsense. Grand Bay have enough people who can represent Grand Bay and he's declaring himself as an independent candidate. I'm excited by that. I can tell you the truth, but, but I, I want you to, to tell me what, what is the vibe on the ground um, with that by-election that's coming up in Grand Bay and the candidacy of, of Julius Gabriel. Well, yes, you, you said it right. There is a by-election that's supposed to take place. Nomination, first of all, is on the 9th of this month. Election itself is on the 25th. Um, persons are... The, the ground is hitching up nicely. Um, I am, I've been hearing a lot of discontent, as it were, for the person who the prime minister, the man who sits in the seat of the prime minister, are nominated to go up for the Labour Party in Grand Bay. That is the Ambassador Vince Henderson from St. Joseph. There, as you said, Mr. Gabriel Julius, he has declared himself he will be contesting the seat as well as an independent candidate. If you ask me my own personal view on what is going on in Grand Bay, my take is I am not too upbeat as to the outcome of that election in Grand Bay. I am personally not too upbeat. The Grand Bay people really have to do something really magical to surprise me so that the end result can be for Dominica betterment. But the, the, the Dominica people I know, in terms of their political astuteness, where country is concerned, I am not too, I am not too optimistic as to the outcome in Grand Bay. I know some persons on the ground, they are, they are all, you know, fled up and, you know, wanting to see something happen that will go against the grain. But I am, I am not in that department. I am not in that department. I am sorry, but I'm not in that department. Obviously, I am an activist. I will always say what needs to be done in the interest of my country. But at the end of the day, the, the, the reality must set in. And Grand Bay as a constituency has voted for Labour. Timely memorial. And to me, the UNICEF spirit would have to come out, would have to be exhibited in Grand B in, in, in clear terms and tones so that they have to do something out of the ordinary. But but so far on the ground, I am not hedging my bets in Grand B for anything different where Labour Party is concerned. I'm already hearing the shenanigans that goes on into a general elections. It will be part and parcel of that by-election as well. Um, we have been pushing for a much freer and fairer electoral process in Dominica. That has not kicked in. So the Grand Bay people, they are still going to vote for be it the independent candidate ovens on the same old bloated list. So, Mr. Drago, it would be remiss of me. It would be very untrue of me to my conscience to expect anything else 
but the expected where the Labour Party, how they are customers still in elections in Dominica is concerned. That's my take. All right. Thank you for that honest um, assessment of the situation, Loftus. And thank you so much for your time. Um, of course, we have to have you back um, to, to continue, maybe even before the, or, or right after the by-election, when handbag is the rep, <laughs> he'll come back to that. But no, no, no I'm, not making a, I'm not making light of it. It would be magical. It would be a gift from heaven for Dominica. But though it's a very, very long shot. And, and, and so, a happy independence to you. Happy Dominica Day. Uh, I wish you and your family all the best. Thank you for coming on, Dr. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Drago, for the opportunity and the many persons who are listening and viewing as well. Thank you very much for your attention. Okay, listeners, stay tuned for Redemption Road coming right up. Uh, I, I know I've still stolen a few minutes out of it, but you can tolerate that. It's Independence Day. And I thank you so much for taking the time to, to join us tonight. Um, thank you to my guest, Mr. Loftus Dura, uh, my producer, Sam, and, and all the staff at TDN Radio. Happy Independence, everybody. We will be following the by-election in Grand Bay closely, and so you can expect that next week we'll also be featuring that on the program. Thank you, and good night.